Welcome to Cryptobiography. I'm your host, Brandon Starr. This is episode 338 of Cryptobiography, and it's part 11 of tomorrow. And here we go. Betty ended up being put in a big open area that she could only think of as a prison. But it wasn't quite like the few prisons she'd read about either. It seemed to be a big area, enclosed with a few people inside. There are also some people up on walls who seemed to be keeping an eye on them. Not knowing what the best thing to do was, she walked over to a girl who she guessed was only a couple of years older than her. She had dank, dark, lank hair that she was letting cover her face. She was sitting away from the other people in the prison area. Hi, Betty said, coming up to her. May I sit here? The girl didn't look up or say anything to her. She just sat against a wall, head down, arm wrapped around her knees. Betty decided to sit down. I'm Betty. She said, are you okay? The girl, whose legs, Betty noticed, were hardly more than the bones supporting them, shook her head slightly. May I ask about it? The girl shook her head again. That's okay, Betty said. I'm having a tough time, too. I'm from one of the islands. The people from around here brought a big boat and attacked us, and I ended up here. A lot of people died, especially the women they were kidnapping. The girl looked over at her at this. Yeah, Betty said, I suppose I'm lucky. Not that I feel lucky. Everyone I love is dead, or probably dead. They sat in silence for a while. Why are you in here? Betty asked. The girl shrugged. Betty didn't know if that meant the girl didn't know, didn't care, or wasn't going to tell her. Well, I guess I'm in here until they let me out, Betty said. She settled in next to the silent, stick-thin girl. She waited for hours. Eventually, the sun went down. Betty's stomach was starting to hurt. Are they going to feed us? She asked the girl. The first thing she'd said in hours. The girl didn't move or say anything. Betty could see her eyes were open, even in the dark, as there was moonlight piercing down into the compound. With no food, Betty got up and walked across the open area to the one water faucet. Perhaps she could fool her stomach into thinking she had eaten something if she had some water. She drank a moment, but then had to stop. The water tasted of metal, and she could feel grit between her teeth. The small amount of water she drank had made her realize she was also thirsty, but she couldn't bear to drink any more water at the moment. She went back beside the girl and sat down again. Being close to someone who wouldn't interact with her made Betty miss her parents, her brother, and her friends all the more. Still, at some point during the night, she fell asleep. She woke up stiff and lying down away from the silent girl. The girl was still sitting against the wall, and Betty wondered if she had slept in that position, or if she had not slept at all. She sat up and considered getting more water. Her throat was parched, and she knew she'd have to have more water soon. Perhaps if she let it run for a while, it would taste better, or have less grit in it. An hour or two passed, and Betty finally gave up and ran the water for a while, then drank it. It still tasted pretty bad, and had some grit in it, but 
Running it seemed to help. Or perhaps it was just that her expectations expectations were so much more accurate. In any case, she drank some water and managed to keep it down. Shortly after drinking the water, several police came into the compound. They marched directly over to her, and Betty knew they were, they were there for her. They were all fat, fully grown adults, and while fighting or trying to run occurred to her, she knew it was no good. She stood up and, when they demanded she come with them, complied. They marched her through a number of streets, all of which had barred windows and walls with barbed wire atop them. Betty couldn't tell if they were still inside the prison or if every part of the city was like this. Eventually they came to another wall, with a gate. After they were checked through, the houses seemed to get a lot better. There were still bars, but fewer things covered with barbed wire, and not everything was bare concrete. Much of it was painted. They eventually went inside a building that was particularly well-maintained. Inside was a reception room that, although somewhat stark in style, had comfortable couches. Betty knew this because she was forced into one by a guard. All the guards stayed. She couldn't imagine why, other than that they didn't want to chase her if she tried to get away. But Betty didn't see any point in that. Now she was wondering what their plans were for. After an hour, there was a real old-fashioned, wind-up grandfather clock, which seemed to show accurate time. Another woman, obese and dressed formally in a sort of suit jacket over a full dress, came into the room. Miss? she asked, looking at Betty. Yes? Betty asked. Come with me, please. The woman turned, and Betty got up. She followed the woman into the next room, and noticed that none of the guards followed. The door automatically closed behind them, and they were in another reception room, of sorts. Only instead of just couches to wait on, this one had a desk for the receptionist, who this woman apparently was. She pushed a button. Eventually, there was a dinging sound and some double doors opened to a small closet. Into the elevator, push P for penthouse, and it will take you up. Betty had never been in an elevator before. She looked for a P. It was on a big, round button. The only other button showed G. She pushed P. The doors closed, and then after a moment, she could feel the elevator start to move. It was an unnerving feeling. She would rather have taken the stairs, but she had no choice. And what was waiting, waiting at the top scared her even more. And that's the the writing for this episode. If you have any comments or... Uh, Actually, let's take a moment here. Um, so obviously we're now back into the story. Um, I was gone on vacation for a couple of weeks. Then I got COVID on the way back home. So I ended up taking another week to recover from that. And now, uh, <laughs> now we're back in the story. Um, I kind of left myself in a bit of a pickle because, uh, not only was I away for so long and, you know, it's, I had to kind of get back into the story, so I had to reread it and kind of re-remember like what, where I was going to take the story and so on. But I also left it at sort of one of those in-between points. In other words, like some where something had just happened, we're working towards something else happening, and there's a sort of in-between bit that you have to describe. And I always find those to be like, not always, but often uh, among the most difficult. So I, not only did I have to pick up the story after a multi-week absence, but I also had to pick it up at a point that was uh, kind of difficult. So 
Anyway, so that's why it's a little short uh, this week. So if you're wondering why it's a little short, that's that's why. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, and thanks for listening. Words and Music Copyright, Brandon Starr, 2023, all rights reserved. Characters and events are fictional, fictionalized, or satirical.